Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Taking on the Titans, standing up for the little guy. It's The Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. Emails to Roy at RoyGreenShow.com. Follow me on Twitter at The Roy Green Show. And uh, we're on Facebook, of course, the Roy Green Show page, where you'll see photographs of my buddies, the Rowdies, Sonny and Rocky. We're talking about them the last hour. Andrea in Georgetown, Ontario, and we're talking about this hour, about the StatScan stats that show that there are more seniors in Canada than there are children under the age of 14. And my point is that one of the reasons this is happening is because today's parents are not as involved with their kids as they were before, that today's parents are more inclined to want stuff than to be around their children 24 hours a day and have one parent stay home to raise the children. Andrea is calling us from Georgetown, Ontario. My number is 800-263-2428. Andrea tells us she had three children in daycare. Sorry I cut you off, Andrea, but we had to take the break. No worries, not at all. Um, So what I was saying is I have three kids in daycare. I have a 9-year-old, a 6-year-old, and a 4-year-old. All three now are in the school system, so we only pay for after-school care. At one point, it was close to 80% of my wage, and in the summertime, it covers more than my wage. The reason why we're doing it is simple. If we were to go on one parent income, my husband would have to take two jobs. Just like my father working 16 hours a day when he had to raise the four of us when I was a kid, I didn't want to do that to my husband. When my husband comes home at 4.30 in the afternoon and picks up the kids from daycare and I get home close to 5, we can have dinner together, we can go to the baseball field together, we can play soccer together, and we can do our homework all together. If it was the way what I grew up with my family and my dad owning his own business and he'd be gone till 9 o'clock at night, I barely saw him. So that was what we did to sacrifice so then we could still raise our family together rather than more than single parent like how my mom had to do it. What does your child want? What do your children want? I'm sure that your children your children your children want mom or dad there, right? Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Would you would you agree that that most people would want to have that reality that one parent whether it's dad or mom, whether it's Mr. Or mom, or, or whether it's mom and dad splitting it up over a day. Uh, 100%. Okay. And if we could do it, I would do it in a second. Now, I've, I have to say to you that I've heard for years, and we may today, yeah. I've heard for years people call in, parents call in and say, we sacrificed, we struggled, we got by on very, very little because we bought very few of the luxuries of life. We felt it was our kids who were most important to us. That's the counter-argument. I'm not saying you're a bad parent. Understand that. I'm, I'm, I, I want to talk about this because StatScan throws stuff out at us and we repeat yep. it. We regurgitate it just like, you know, like, like clapping seals. And then yep. people try to scientifically explain what's going on when there's no scientific explanation required. Well, look at our incomes in the 80s. Our incomes in the 80s to our incomes now hasn't changed a whole lot. 
But yet our housing market has, you know, why not? I don't know what the percentage is, but it's con- considerably more. So there's, in my opinion, yeah. much more things that our money has to go to than it did when we were little, when my mother was able to stay home. My dad making the same amount of, my, of that my husband would make now wouldn't cover all the bills. Okay, it's it an interesting cover, point. It's it an wouldn't in- cover hydro. It wouldn't cover um, maybe the car payments are not that much different from those many years ago, but it certainly wouldn't cover the housing. It wouldn't cover the mortgage. Even when the mortgages were at 17%, it still wouldn't cover what we're paying now for a house when you can't get a house under three-quarters of a million dollars in a single-parent home. It's right? interesting. The, it's an interesting point that you, that you raised, and I hadn't really thought about this, and I should have, but... Uh, we do hear repeatedly that the job security isn't there today as it was 40, 50 years ago. I'm not saying that it's still not possible for parents to make the decision to have a parent stay home, but it does complicate the issue if you can't count on some level of significant job security. But again, if you have a child, your focus has to... See, I'm not lecturing. Uh, it sounds like I am, but I'm not. Okay, I'm, t- I'm, not, I'm trying not to lecture, okay? Uh, but but if, you, if you have a child... The, the the focus has to be the child and what the child needs. If a child needs mom and, and mom is not there and dad isn't there, what is the what is the daycare person going to be able to do for them? The, you would want to take – you've already told me that you'd rather have it that way. You've already said that, but it's just not possible. So economically, it's just not possible for you. No. If we would have had two children, maybe, but the fact that we have three children in three um, post-secondary schools that we need to save for, and, you know, um, there's all kinds of things that come wrong if you think of a, of a child. And you know what? We are not ones to overindulge. We keep, kept our cars for 10 years. We live in a modest house. We're not looking to go on vacations um, or lavish vacations, for that matter, or anything of the sort. We wanted a family of three. We figured out how we could do it, and this is how we do it. I kept my job during the time that my children were really little when they were, you know, um, toddlers. So then when my husband didn't have to work those extra hours to make up for that income, so he could be with the kids, so he could see the kids. Do you understand where the... the, No, no, no. I was was about to say to you, you're making an excellent counter-argument. You're welcome. But but, but let me ask you this. Uh, are Are there families in your neighborhood where one parent stays home uh, constantly, and do the kids of the neighborhood gravitate to that house? It's funny you should say that, because the the house that the neighborhood gravitates to right now is, is yours? my house. It's yours. Yeah. We're home. Like I said, my husband's home at 4.30, 4 yeah. o'clock, and by the time he starts dinner and he picks up the kids, it's 4.30. They're at daycare for an hour. Um, I start a little bit later, so they don't go to daycare in the mornings. My husband starts at 7, so he gets home early. He drives an hour, so it's not like we live that close to the to the city. Um, he does drive an hour. Um, we've been able to make it work, so it's limited. However, when they are very small, they were there for eight hours a day. So if you had if you had if you had two kids, you'd be able to sustain the one parent stays home life reality. But once you get to three kids, the economics of the situation make it impossible. Um, in that, our I mean, situation, I, yes. I, I would say if you're in our situation, it did. We got into the housing market just before it went crazy high. Yeah. If we were a young person, a millennial starting now, we wouldn't even be able to consider it. So there's absolutely, um, there's absolutely no way 
that you could uh, three children and stay home. Yeah. Um, you know what? If if you, I'm being a pain, eh? Yeah. No. Um, you're being honest, just like I am. Um, if I believe that if you like, I even go buy things secondhand. Um, I. Like, I price check. There's not a lot that I splurge on. Um, and my kids know it. They're, we try to really be strict on the value of the dollar. Right. Um, and, and to also be grateful for what you have. You know what I mean? Like, we try to put yeah. them in as much as extracurriculars as possible. We even um, take them to snowboarding lessons in the winter. Yeah. Everything that we do is as a family. So to say that, that um, we put our focus away from our children and into our careers and not is not the case because we've changed our careers specifically to be with our children more, well, I have as to, much as we could. I have to tell you this, Andrea. You have made the best counter-argument to my position that I've ever heard. And you've made it, and, and I've, I mean, I've heard it before. I've heard the, the, the sort of the nuts and bolts of the argument before. Yeah. But I haven't heard it expressed the way you've expressed it. And well, I don't you live it, it's easy to, it makes it easier to understand, right? Because I'm living through it, right? So mm-hmm. that's what I see day to day. And mm-hmm. I'm trying to make this conscious decision daily. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, there's also being a mom and a dad and the guilt of putting your children through do you think, daycare. Do you think if you look at the situation generically, do you think that we're going to be uh, increasingly become people, a society, where the focus on the children is going to be less and less, and the state's influence on the kids is going to be more and more. And I'm not paranoid, okay? I just, I wasn't even no, going to bring I see that, that up. Already. I'm sorry? I see that already. I see that already. Yeah. You see that all everywhere. Um, you even see legislation that's doing yeah. that. Um, but I think that if you're grounded and if your roots with your family are grounded and if you ha- are really open to communication with your children as best as you can, um, I think that your family values will filter onto your children. I really appreciate I, I, I really appreciate your call. My pleasure. Thanks. Good discussion. Have Thank a you. Day. You too. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Bye. There's Andrea in Georgetown. That's the the most effective counterargument that I've heard. But it definitely is an issue that needs to be talked about more. And of course, StatsCan tells us that um, the trend will continue. How much do we pay these people to come up with the obvious? But Andrea's call was great. I appreciate it. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll get at this issue again. When we come back, we'll be speaking with the Environment Minister for Saskatchewan, Scott Moe, will be with us. The Federal Environment Minister, Catherine McKenna, suggested that Saskatchewan will, I'm going to use my words now, improve its ways and see the, the light and the value of Justin Trudeau's carbon tax, the one he hasn't com- com- committed uh, to a uh, to a national review of the economic impact, because he doesn't have to, because he knows so much. All those years as a drama teacher taught him so much about global economics. He has so brilliantly. endowed with deductive reasoning skills that our prime minister is comfortable stating that Canada is the first post-nation state. Tell me the truth, Mr. Trudeau. You have no idea what that means. You have no concept of what that means. Somebody said it, probably your assistant who used to work for Dalton McGinty, 
and you're just parroting it. If you disagree, Mr. Prime Minister, we'd love to talk. First post-nation state. It doesn't even sound like Justin Trudeau. There aren't enough ums in there. First um, post um, um, nation, um, 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 state. When I listen to the prime minister talk, it sounds to me like a two-cycle motorcycle in really serious trouble with its engine. Sorry, I didn't mean to be rude. I, I apologize. But I'd like to do that in person, Mr. Prime Minister. I'd like to apologize in person. Could we, could we work that out? Anyway, we'll talk to the Environment Minister from Saskatchewan about why they don't see the value of the national carbon tax. Stick around.